Hello, and welcome to New Matter, the SLS podcast, where we interview life science luminaries. I'm your guest host, Keaton of the Robots, Dr. Colin Cox, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Dr. Lauren Shields, Regional Lead of Professional Services from Benchling. How are you, Lauren? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Colin? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. I just wanted to start us off real fast here today. People would love to hear your day-to-day work in a short frame. What do you do? So for anyone who doesn't know, so Benchlane is a software platform for life science customers and research. So my day-to-day, I'm running a team who really works with these biopharma, ag tech, material science customers and helps them get set up and live on the Benchlane platform. Wow, that sounds like it's a very broad range and that you probably work with a great deal of people across many different sub-industries in life science. How did you even get into that role, Lauren? Yeah, it was definitely a circuitous path. So before joining Benchlane, I was doing my PhD at UCSF. And that path had been my path for a long time. If you talk to seven-year-old Lauren, she said she wanted to be a scientist. And that's really what I pursued for many years. And really thought I would go on that professor track. And as I was in the midst of grad school, I kind of took stock and looked around and realized there were a lot of things I loved about science, thinking about it, talking about it, learning new science, but the bench work just wasn't for me. And that's when I started looking around at other options. Benchling, the timing really worked out great. They were looking to hire a PhD at the time. The company was about 30 people. And I had that chance to really jump into something new. Wow, that's fascinating. And you said that you kind of knew you wanted to be in this field as early as age seven. How how did you get out into science so early, Lauren? Yeah, I have the great fortune. Um, Both of my parents are in the science world. Um, Both of them do research and and have run labs in their life. So I was exposed really early and had great role models and got the science bug early. Wow, fascinating. And so it sounds like you've worked in both academia and industry. You worked on projects touching cancer, Alzheimer, and other human disease. What are some of the um, biggest accomplishments that you've experienced in your career so far? I think one of them, as, as any grad student will tell you, is that the perseverance to finish those projects and get through those times when experiments aren't working and really see it to the end. I had one experiment. I was doing neuroscience in graduate school and was doing neuroimaging. And I remember very clearly spending six months just tweaking our machinery to get the neurons to fire, tweaking my expression to see the construct, all of those details. And so kudos to everyone who is still in the lab and tackling those problems. I think the other one, thinking a little bit outside of the lab, was I'm very proud of of the team we've built at Benchling. I mentioned we were about 30 people when I joined the customer experience teams, the ones working with our customers, when I, about six months in, started working more closely with them with four people at the time. And we are now 71 people. I'm really proud of the team we've built, of the customers we're enabling. As like a small slice of that, during COVID times, we've been doing some pro bono COVID projects to help labs that are doing testing for the public and get them up on Benchlane. And just seeing even a, a small impact we can have in these times and things like that has been one of my proudest moments. Wow, what a testament to your efforts in such a short time. You've seen your company more than double, uh, a lot of it going on during a global pandemic, and you've still been successful. What other advice to people who are earlier in their career to you, Lauren, perhaps even in grad school, what advice on that kind of that organic team building that is so tough to do and even harder to do now? 
What advice do you have for these people? Yeah, that's a great hard question. I think one of it is, and something that I've loved about Benchlane is finding that mission, that thing that really motivates you, and then finding those other people who are motivated by that mission. I think that's a reason a lot of people are in science, why a lot of people are tackling diseases and therapeutics. And even for us at Benchlane, driving towards being the lever to help other people do that faster is a really motivating cause and really helps with you bringing that team together and then building it. It's definitely harder remotely. One of those big things, it's empathy and building trust and transparency with your team. That's something I've appreciated that I've always seen that from the leadership at Benchlane. I've seen that from our team. And I I think that really helps bridge the gap when you can't meet in person. Very well said, especially these days. I think more and more often we're forced to meet people remotely or, or not at all and have to work with them, right? And so these words are well spoken, especially now, uh, Lauren, you're very wise. You mentioned that you've seen bringing together people and also you see the tools like the ones that you afford uh, really accelerate people's research and, and, and unite them. I'm not sure if you're able to go into any details, but are you able to share a story or an example of you witnessing this happen in your career? Yeah. So one of the things that's been really exciting to see that acceleration happening is with the robotics that is happening in science. Um, I can speak of my days as a grad student, hand pipetting everything, um, labeling everything by hand. And obviously, industry is starting to push the bounds of that. To give maybe one specific story on it, we were working with a team at one of our customers, initially implemented with, with them and got them in the Benchlane software about three years ago. And at that time, they were doing a lot of the screening early process of their pipeline and doing everything by hand, like 20 96 well plates by hand. And over the past year and a half or so, they've started to incorporate robotics more into their experiments. And that's been really nice timing with Benchlane. It's when we launched our lab automation application and we were able to work with them and kind of co-develop and have them be a lighthouse partner. And just seeing their ability to speed up their work, to let their scientists focus on the science rather than some of those manual activities and just reduce some of that waste. As they were getting towards the end of it, they sent us a video of their robot running. And that was just so gratifying to see that happen, especially thinking back to my graduate days and seeing all the time they're being saved. It was It's really incredible. Uh, Lauren, a beautiful story. And I, I don't know who of us in the lab automation community and screening areas cannot empathize with that kind of a story. Uh, we all love that transformative moment where we change the workflow for people and we make what was uh, either an intractable or an impossible study happen pretty well. And using either hardware or software tools have been amazing to see throughout our careers. Given all these experiences that you've gone over the past few minutes, do any particularly incite pride in you? Are there some that you're just really proud of? Yeah, I think one of it is just seeing, maybe even thinking beyond what I've seen from from my own vantage point, seeing how quickly the biotech field is accelerating. I like to tell people that I started grad school before CRISPR came out and just seeing like how quickly CRISPR was incorporated in or how in the 90s, we basically only had monoclonal antibodies. And now we have all of these possible biotech revolutions that are happening. Um, and a big part of that is automation, is, is bringing up the scale of it. Not saying that you know I had any large impact in, in the field making its way there, but I think 
having the opportunity to see the breadth of that happening and to see how quickly science is progressing has been one of the most gratifying parts of my career. As fast as CRISPR came uh, almost out of nowhere, seemed to immediately displace zinc fingers and talons. And now we use it on a daily basis. And uh, any lab anywhere can get a CRISPR kit for just like 100 bucks, give or take. It's amazing. But that's all happened in just a short period of years. You're spot on, Lauren. I know we've gone over some of the tenets of your career, your illustrious and, and an experienced career. But just for the listeners at home, could you go over some of your uh, interesting hobbies, what you do when you're not busy being uh, a scientist and a regional lead? What do you do to keep balanced and human? Yeah, one of the big things I, I love food, I'm normally in the Bay Area when restaurants are open and accessible. That's something I, I enjoy greatly and, and cooking at home as well. Something as well that kind of cooking family meals with roommates was something that was really a foundational point of throughout grad school. Um, and then I think the other big thing, and especially true as, as many of our activities are moving outdoors, love things like yoga and hiking. Hiking has been a, a big new addition over this past year as I'm trying to get outside a bit more as I can and enjoy nature. A beautiful, normally a great place to enjoy nature when... Um... You know, it's not on fire. So uh, I'll go in the Bay Area with you and uh, have those Mars days like we had last week. But Lauren, as we wrap up, I just want to ask you if you have some tips for the next generation of scientists and automation engineers out there. How can they learn from you and your experiences? What would you like to say to these future generations? You've talked a little bit about the need to have perseverance in, in one's career and to bring people together. What else? What other advice do you have? Yeah, I think maybe maybe two thoughts on it. One, of course, I have the benefit of hindsight, but not being afraid to take those risks and leaps. That was a, a big path change for me when I, I moved to Benchlane and moved into tech and the software of science rather than doing the science myself. So encouraging people to kind of reflect on what they want to do, what their passions are, and, and take those leaps. I think the other one is the... Automation space is a really unique space happening right now. So it's really cross-discipline, knowing the science, being able to code and understand the software, understanding robotics, all of those really come together. And it, as we were talking about today, it's an exploding area with a lot of need for people. So encouraging people to dabble in those different areas and kind of let their passions lead them and look more into the opportunities that are in the automation space. And just finally, do you have any tricks to finding those people with similar passions that you can be great partners with, Lauren? Oh, that's a that's a great question. It's a tough one. I think, yeah, it's definitely a tough one. I think even some of those basic social media groups, like on LinkedIn or on Facebook, putting yourself out there and, and connecting on those. I think the other one is, and it's something that I know as I was exploring career options and thinking about moving beyond academia. I had the opportunity to benefit from people are really happy and willing to help out and to tell you about their experience and to give you advice or even a view into a different world. Not everyone's going to respond to your cold LinkedIn message, but it's worth a shot and a few people will and you might make some great connections or have some great conversations. So well said. Uh, Nothing ventured, nothing gained sometimes. Well, Lauren, uh, thank you for these fascinating answers to your career. I just had one more question before we wrap up here. I believe uh, in 2018 that Benchling was participating in the SLS Convention's uh, Innovation Avenue. 
which is a, one of my favorite parts of the convention. Absolutely. I love seeing the companies at Innovation Avenue. Could you speak to us a little bit and, and let us know how being a participant on Innovation Avenue affected eventually? Yeah, so I talked a little bit about our growth into the lab automation area back in 2018. That wasn't a part of our product. It was definitely something we wanted to learn more about and to understand the customers and the automation space. And we've definitely seen the need for it. And that helped in influence and, and guide the path of Benchlane and really lead to some of the, the new applications we have today and the new directions of our product. Anything else you'd like to say about Innovation Avenue or the conference in general? Yeah, back to your point about having the opportunity to make connections. Obviously, conferences like and, and Innovation Avenue are a great place to do that. So an area to see where companies are really innovating in automation, both for their discoveries as well as the new robotics and types of systems that are coming online. So encouraging people to attend and use that opportunity to connect as well. And of course, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that we're hiring right now at Benchlane and continuing to grow. So please check us out at benchlane.com slash careers. Lauren, thank you for being here and joining us today in this episode of New Matter Podcast with SLS. Please stay tuned for next week when we'll interview another science luminary.